0: Kristen Hange. Guess what's happening right now? Right now? Right now it's happening. I know exactly what's happening because I'm so it. present. <laughs> You're the most <laughs> present. We're podcasting. Woo! But this is a, such a special podcast because we, ladies and gentlemen, are in the same room. How did, How did it happen? We looked at each other's eyeballs today and it was like the floodgates of heaven opened because we haven't seen each other in a month it been that long? I think it's been like two weeks and change. It feels like so much longer in my heart. <laughs> Oh, I just want to nestle you. Just nestle right in. Uh, so those of you that have been listening to our past podcasts, we've always just found ourselves in different cities or different coasts for the last little while. And tonight is such a special night because here we are reunited together again. And we're actually also waiting for our cute little food to get delivered. So you may hear a buzz. And then you get to have dinner with us. So it's all lovely.
1: You're welcome.
0: <laughs> and tonight
1: we are talking about emotions.
0: Oh, what's so great is that you would think that after having done this many podcasts, you would start to run out of ideas, but actually it's like, we're just getting started. <laughs> There's so many ideas. So Kristen and I've been uh, feverishly texting each other for weeks. Like, Oh, we need to do this. Oh, we need to do this. Oh, we need to do this. But I particularly uh, said to Kristen, I think I really need to do a podcast about emotions. Cause I have been an emotional basket case for a few weeks now. And it was just something I wanted to really study and really go into. And I was looking at it from some of my favorite teachers. I was reading a lot of Osho. I was, I'm was i reading the new Tasha Silver book, which is blowing my mind. And also I've been listening to a lot of Oprah, Eckhart Tolle. And it's really interesting that what keeps coming up is emotions and how we process emotions, how we handle emotions, how we handle pain, how we process in relationship, how we process in our lives. And I thought, well, if all these teachers that I keep stumbling upon keep giving me the same message, then there's really something to look at here. So I actually had a great time, you know, from my teary state in my bed diving into this. (laughs) And Kristen just held all the space.
1: <laughs> I just love that visual of you in bed, with like tears, stained cheeks, feverishly writing on your computer. You know, that's all the doing. notes coming
0: in. Yes. It's like you give yourself the excuse. Like it's just for the podcast. Blah, 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 but no, it's just for my heart. <laughs> well, I have a question for you, Natalie,
1: as you're writing notes down, Do you find the emotion move? Yes. And
0: do you find yourself getting ah ahas as you make notes? 100%. I often find this also with journaling that what happens... (laughs) There it is! It's our food! It's our food! I'm pausing. And we're back. (laughs) We had a spring roll and now we're back. (laughs) (laughs) And you were talking about... It just uh, makes me think, you know how some podcasts have, like, ads? I bet that's when the people are, like, munching. <laughs> but for us, we just have to take a take a pause. <laughs> we just take a little
1: pause. We have a spring roll. But I
0: feel like we're wiser now.
1: <laughs> I feel like we're, we're brighter. We have brighter. more energy. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, but I do actually remember what I was going to say. You asked me if the energy moves uh, when I was writing out the notes. And I, I was saying it's the same thing when I'm journaling. Uh, also, I saw this in an acting class I taught the other night that one actress was having a particular amount, someone had criticized her Mm. and it really hurt her because she's putting herself out writing a one woman show and it's very vulnerable for her. And someone had criticized her and said, well, you're a great writer, but you're not a great actor. Just, you can imagine, you know, putting yourself out in such a vulnerable way and having someone really, you know, give that reflection. And so then she was coming to acting class. And so even before she started her scene, she was saying, I just, I, I, I'm even having problems, even though this is a different scene in a different moment, I, it's like I'm having problems just showing up as an actor having had this reflection. So I just asked her to close her eyes. And I said, well, if, just listen to that tape. Listen to the tape that's playing. Uh, that is that unworthiness tape. And just let's say out loud all the things that it's saying and you know it was all the things like you're not good enough who do you think you are you're too old you're silly for putting yourself out there in this way no one's going to care no one's going to see your show you know why do you think you're you could do this the person you're acting opposite is so much better than you etc cetera, etc cetera. and really you know the tape just kept on going and going and going and then as soon as she was done i said okay now just start the scene and it all moved So it's like now that I got it out, now that I expressed it, now I can do something separate from it because now it's moved in a certain way. So it's like that tape that's playing in your head is on repeat and you don't see it as a tape playing and it just starts to to ingrain itself in your neural pathways. But there's something about writing it out, saying it out loud, whether it's to a trusted friend or just speaking it out loud, that it can shift it enough that you can start to become the witness to it as opposed to the person that's just living it and experiencing it. Right. So it's like, it's this energy inside of us that wants to move.
1: And if we could look at our emotions as energy that is coming through, like they talk about emotions being like the weather that's moving through and not have a story about the emotion, it allows it to move quicker. Right. And it makes me think of when I was in San Diego and you were in New York and we were talking on the phone and Tristan was my lifeline. It's <laughs> like, talk
0: me off the ledge again. <laughs>
1: but it was really interesting because I love to reflect to you that your deep gift as a spiritual teacher, as an actress, is your ability to go all the way into the emotions. So if something comes into your life, you have a way of honoring it by going all the way to the depth of it, right? It's so magnificent. And I think a part of who you are as a master teacher. And I know that you and I talk about, like, I love to go up. Like, I love to go up into the inspirational, and I love to lift an audience as a director. Mm -hmm. I love to do these bright, fun shows that bring people up. But as we were on the phone, you were saying, like, to the extent of, is there something wrong with me that I am in this deep, dark place? Yes. And I was saying to you, I'm so happy right now and so high Is there something wrong with me? Am I spiritually bypassing Right. 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 Because we both have have had challenges in the past month or so. And it was really interesting. And then you stopped and you said, well, what, what is that about, Kristen, that both of us want to label ourselves as wrong for the emotional state that we are at? And it was like this aha moment of like, well, it's not the emotion. It's the story around the emotion. Right. Like, why don't we just say where we are at this moment is perfect and is just weather, just moving through, and it will shift and it will change.
0: Exactly. So I think there's this feeling of you feel guilty if you're too high because others are not as high as you or that's not a place you're allowed to live because in this world there's so much pain there's so much suffering you know or etc cetera, etc cetera. there's so many stories you can make about am I spiritually bypassing am I not facing something is it okay to be feeling so much joy and happiness there's the same story you can create of the guilt and shame of I'm feeling my emotions so deeply I feel a weight I feel a heaviness I, I don't want to get out of bed today I don't want to interact with people today I I feel uh, overwhelmed by the amount of of depth. And the story is what actually causes the problem. Mm -hmm. The emotions are completely, I don't want to say they're neutral, but they're here as a gift. They're here to say as you said, there's something that wants to move. There's something that wants to be revealed. There's a healing that wants to take place and the healing can come through any emotion. It can come, a healing can come through joy and a healing can come through sadness. And it's up to us to not create a story about the feeling. It's just to say to the feeling, what are you here for? What are you about? What are you here to teach me? What are you here to show me? What are you trying to move through me or in me? And if I make a story about it, then you can only move the way that now this story dictates. But you're actually here to teach me. I'm not here to label you. Right. Don't lock the emotion in a narrative.
1: And one of the things that that came to me as we were doing our notes is Matt Kahn's Whatever Arises Love That. Mm. So whatever shows up, can we love it? So can we love the pain when it arises? Can we love the joy when it's there? Can we love whatever is here? Like greet it like the man bringing our food to the front door, right? Can we uh, greet our emotions as a visitor and say, hi, hello, welcome. What do you have to give me? What do you have to show me? Right. Let me get curious about you. And I think if we always let this energy that is coming through us move. And so maybe the conversation wants to go in the direction of, are we allowing what is moving through us to actually move, or are we sticking it in a narrative where it can't move?
0: Right. And one thing I heard Eckhart Tolle talk about recently was we have feelings that arise, and then there are thoughts about the feelings, and that the detriment is never the feeling. The detriment is the negative thought about the feeling. And he talks about that we all have a pain body and the pain body is the thing that wants to keep us in suffering, in negativity, in not enoughness. It's those things that were implanted in us from when we were really young sometimes. And and that continue to to come up. And once the pain body is, is here, it feeds off negativity. It feeds off that narrative. It feeds off the, you're not good enough or you're doing something wrong. You deserve punishment. And so if When the emotion arises, we guilt ourselves, shame ourselves, judge ourselves, tell ourselves there's something wrong with us, there's something bad about us. We actually now have fed our own pain body to let the pain and the negativity grow and expand. And the feeling that's coming up isn't coming up to hurt us. It's coming up to heal us. So it's up to us to say, how can I keep my thoughts as clear and neutral and in a space of total compassion for whatever arises and one thing that you're really great in our friendship is i i will really be feeling an emotion so deep and what you'll often reflect to me is you are such a master of feeling your feelings i'm so in awe of you and it kind of it stops the circuit in the same way as writing out the notes does like oh that's a new way to think about it, right? Because all it feels like to me is heaviness is is like, you know, what I think sometimes can come up is we think we have this narrative that if we're doing the right things, we're just going to feel good all the time. Mm. And so then when a negative emotion comes up we often say, well, what did I do wrong that now I'm feeling this negative thing? And how can I correct it? How can I get myself back to feeling good? Because if I'm feeling good, I know I'm doing good. And if I don't feel good, I must've done something wrong. But you know, one thing I love that Michael Singer says is that if a memory or a pain was implanted in us through a difficult time or through a suffering or through a pain, then the healing and transcending of that wound is going to come up and through in a similar way that it was implanted. So it makes me think of, a splinter when it goes in into your hand, it hurts. Ow! Oh, it hurts. There's like a foreign entity in there. There's a wound in there that doesn't belong to me. That criticism that that person told this beautiful actress that doesn't belong. That's not her splinter. That's not her wound. But it was implanted in her. But the releasing of it, you know, when you're pushing the splinter out, it also hurts. It hurts to push it out. But that's also the transcendence of it and the healing of it. Is, oh, that's not mine. That's just a pain I'm feeling, and it just wants to move out. Right, and it reminds me of how
1: also getting stronger or expanding can also not feel good sometimes. Like yesterday, I did a workout. (laughs) I did so many lunges. I did so many squats. Your
0: bum looked so cute today. Did it really? I felt like it looked cute.
1: But I woke up this morning and I was in so much pain. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of my gym time today was just on the foam roller. (laughs) I didn't do anything wrong. I was getting stronger. I'm expanding my capacity. And in that, there is a tension. Mm. So wouldn't it be silly for me to go, that tension is wrong. I will never work out again. Right. It's actually like, oh, you're going in the right direction. You are getting stronger. You are becoming more. So in the same way, if we greet these emotions of, I'm expanding my capacity to live, to hold, to be in relationship to conquer bigger projects for the world. Yay me. Right. This this tension's a good thing. Like it reminds me of what Abraham Hicks talks about contrast is part of the process. We are never wrong because we're in contrast. The contrast is part of being alive. And we came here to experience contrast so we would know ourselves as creators. Right. And so when we take those emotions that arise as information and greet them as our friend and start an inquiry into the emotion then we can really
0: let it do its process on us. Right. We can let it take us somewhere. Right. And in terms of this feeling of movement, you know, in the energetic anatomy, the yogis talk about the second chakra being the storage house of both our creativity and our emotions. Mm-hmm. And also this is like the, the womb center. This is the place that is water. So we think about water has its most power when it's moving right? So you think of a placid lake, and then you think of a powerful waterfall. Yeah. You think of when when that water, when that energy wants to move, and you and I were talking earlier about, I was saying, for me, when I'm really doing my dharma, or when I have a role to focus on, or today you and I were in rehearsal for a new project we're working on together, and all of a sudden, it was like I was able to lift up from the energy, not because I'm not thinking about it and I'm bypassing it, but because I was able to take all of this energy and emotion I was feeling and put it into creating something. So rather than letting the emotion destroy us via the story we create about it, We let ourselves be free from a story about it. And we say, this is part of my superpower. This is part of what makes me, I'm a sentient being. I was born to feel this is who I am. So let me not shame myself for who and what I am. And instead, let me see, how can I use this to transform? How can I use this to create movement in my life, movement in what I care about, movement in my relationships, movement in art? Yeah, so when we these emotions arise in us, it's actually the power
1: of creation. Something wants to be created in us. So we find ourselves in a feeling of sadness or enthusiasm or whatever is coming up in us and go, oh, this is the power of creation. This is life now existing in me. This is the energy that wants to be channeled into form. And so if I can keep myself out of story, out of a destructive thought that keeps me limited, I actually can take this energy into expansion, into making something that wasn't here before. And I think because in our society, we're taught not to feel like so many people, you said in your notes, like when we cry and our parents offer us a cookie or
0: don't cry, don't cry, don't feel that emotion.
1: Oh, I know in my household, I was n- not allowed to, sh- sh- you know, share my feelings or, you especially know, especially for men, you know, yeah. men don't
0: cry, totally. boys don't cry. You, th- there's this idea implanted in us very young that it's strong to not feel or show your emotions and it's weak to experience or show your emotions. And I think that's why it's always
1: important for me when you are having deep feelings to go, that's brave that's strong that's what a superhero does right we go all the way into it and I think I say it to you because I want to know it for me right so that when my sadness comes up I can go Kristen it's strong to feel all of this this is what a superhero does right and we let it all come through us and then the question of and so what wants to get created out of this Mm. Right? If I can feel all of this energy in my body, now I can get curious about what this is telling me wants to be created now. That's it. And when I can focus my thoughts there on the thing that wants to be created next, the movement that wants to occur, now
0: I'm in a place of power. Yes. Yes. It's like you've reclaimed it. It's like, you know, you've taken you've taken it and moved it into a place that is now expressed. So most of us are very busy repressing our emotions. And we have a lot of tactics of how we do this. Mm -hmm. So some of us will repress with keeping ourselves busy, or some of us will repress with addictions, or some of us will repress by all of a sudden being angry or triggered with a partner about something that doesn't actually matter and isn't actually the source of what's causing the pain, but will create drama as a distraction, Yep. right? So there's all these ways that we repress our emotions. But if we are in this second chakra, it's the water element, and 80% of what we are is water, then it's almost like when we repress our emotions, we're repressing ourselves. And it's interesting because I was looking at some studies this week that was saying some psychologists argue that 80 percent of disease and illness is caused by repressed emotions Mm. by emotions something that wants to move that hasn't had the ability to move so now it's stuck and now it has to cause a ruckus in order to get our attention to say okay now it has to move now it has to move now it has to move and it's really fascinating that when we are not expressing ourselves, we, we can say, if there's a negative emotion or something I'm going to label as a negative emotion, and my tendency is to repress it, then now the, the inquiry isn't what is the emotion I'm repressing, but what is it in me that wants to repress this What is it in me that is judging this? What is it in me that doesn't like this? What is it in me that is scared of this? And let me be so curious about the thing in me that wants to repress it. Is this mine? Is this my judgment? Is this a judgment that was handed to me? Is this a conditioning? Am I scared that if I let this out, someone won't like me? So, if we start asking these more intelligent questions instead of getting into a judgmental story about it, then that energy, that emotion can say, here's what I'm here to teach you. And then it becomes a gift. What comes to me is we are afraid of movement in our
1: lives. We're actually afraid of change. And you know how you were talking earlier about Tasha Silver. She's all about let whatever wants to come, come and go, go. Can we be with, with life with an open hand? We're actually afraid of movement. Mm-hmm. And then we wonder why places in our life aren't working. And as you we were just talking, what came in front of my head was... Where in my life are there places that are not completely working and have they not been completely working because I have been resistant to a movement that wants to occur, right? Because when you talked about disease and I just translated that real quick, like, oh, where is there something that is not up to optimum? Mm. And I think it's because there's movement that wants to occur and somehow I've been holding on to something in some sort of narrative story. So even though if it's not expressing itself as emotion, there's some sort of stasis when there actually wants to be movement, because life is change, life is the energy of movement. So can we in every area of our life start courting this movement, this energy, this emotion, right? E-motion, motion is inside emotion, and say, I welcome the movement. What is the movement that wants to occur here Mm. in my relationships, in my finances, in my health? Where in all of my life, in my career, does there want to be an expansion,
0: a movement to something new? and I haven't been asking those questions. Right. And so if the energy is here to move us to something else, sometimes we're more comfortable in a painful familiarity than in a really expansive newness that we're scared of because we don't know it yet. And so sometimes it's just our own fear of what is that unknown, but what is that unknown is everything that we are here to learn, that we're here to evolve for. It's our next point of growth, it's our next point of learning. And in a loving universe, it's here to say, I'm never gonna propel you somewhere that's not great for you. Right? The only way that there's this creation of this problematic space is you trying to hold on to the painful past instead of open yourself to this expansion of this new life and this new future. Whoo! Well, As you say
1: that, what flashes in front of me is that I was just back on the West Coast and I heard a lot of stories about my family while I was back there. And these inherited beliefs that I didn't even realize were inside of me or running my life. Mm -hmm. So narratives that were created that I didn't even know were like in myself or in my cells, the cells of my being and been acting out in my life. And so sometimes what keeps us from moving are
0: inherited stories, and we don't even know what the new story wants to be. Right. And something you and I were talking about before that was super helpful for me was I was sharing with you, you and I often talk about that my sensitivity and vulnerability and the depth from which I feel things is my profound gift as, as an actor, for example. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you put me on set and say, Natalie, we need you to go here. It's like, Oh, I can do that with my eyes closed. Like I'm the girl. If you need tears on set, I'm the crying cue girl. You get me there. It is there. It is available. And what I was saying to you is, but what I notice in on set is I can go. And then when, when the director yells cut and the cameras turned off, then I'm having lunch. And I'm having a coffee, and I'm on to the next thing. The energy moves. But I was saying to you, in my own life, I have a hard time because it's like there's no one yelling cut, so I just stay. So for days and days and days, I'm just still in the pain body. I'm still in the story. I'm still in the depression. I'm still in the difficulty. And what you said to me, that was so healing. And I'll tell you how I heard it, and then you can say how you meant it. We'll see if it's (laughs) the same thing. Uh, what I heard you say is, well, when you're on set, you have a script. And when the camera's rolling, you go all the way into the script. And then when the camera's not rolling, you just drop the script. And so it makes me think of if we have these emotions, and then we also have the story or the script we create about the emotions. that in order to let the emotion move to the place it wants to move, we just have to be willing to drop the script. Well, that reminds me of
1: my own process with journaling in the morning and how that's been really helpful for me. So many a night when I've been inside big emotions and I remember a a specific relationship I was in uh, for many years and we fought a lot and we would fight and I would find myself on the couch in the middle of the night crying, writing out my feelings. And the thing that became a helpful tool is writing out my feelings and then Figuring out, like kind of decoding it and go, what's the thought behind that feeling? Mm. And like some of the Byron Katie work of, well, is that true? right? So is is the feeling that I'm having actually a request from the universe to say, There's actually a a different choice here that wants to be made, or is the feeling that I'm experiencing based on a thought that isn't true, and that thought wants to be questioned? Right. So what's going on here? And, And both occur, and sometimes it takes actually being with that emotion and greeting it like a friend and asking it what information it has and what are the thoughts behind that feeling that, for me, once I get it on paper, then... It's like the movement of it, right? It's like, oh, am I actually believing that this person is trying to hurt me? And actually, well, no, this person loves me. We're having a difference of opinion, da 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 like, of, uh, to, to find out what action might want to be taken or where my paradigm wants to change. Right. It's a way of, of changing the script, right, or dropping the script.
0: And sometimes I think, too, because there's been such... Even not within ourselves, but outside of ourselves, just collectively as a world, we have a judgment system about emotions. Yeah. Joy is a good one. Uh-huh. Anger is a bad one. Yeah. So then what happens is if you start to feel tr- real rage and anger come up inside of you, the training is put that down. That's not mm. safe. That is dangerous. That'll make you not be a good person. That'll make you do something that you regret, etc. But the repression of the anger then makes anger show up everywhere in your life because it comes out in a passive, subtle way all the time. But something Osho talks a lot about is the experience and the expression of anger is the thing that moves the anger. So then you can have joy and happiness and be full and present with people without that seeping out of that energy that you don't want to express. So there's this interesting thing where we label it when it's inside of us, but we also label it when it's outside of us. And if we are telling ourselves there are emotions I have to stay away from, then we tell ourselves that the world isn't safe. So we must stay away from people and circumstances and stimulus that could bring that into my life. And then we end up feeling small and repressed and then what i believe the universe does in my life when i'm living a life that's small and repressed is the universe will impact me Mm -hmm. with stimulus to make me face it because i was actually born to be expressed and big and whole so as a loving universe if i am scared of anger what's going to show up in my life is anger 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 so i can know myself through anger in a healthy new way. Right. Not until I
1: make friends with my own anger can I make friends with someone else's anger.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. So if I accept it in myself and I love it in myself when it shows up, then I don't need to make it wrong when someone else's anger shows up. Mm -hmm. I can be like, Oh, I know anger. I understand that. I don't need to make it personal, but I can witness someone else's anger and, Say, hi. Hi, Hanger.
0: How you doing? There you are. There you are. There you are. Yeah. What are you here to show me? What are you here to teach me? It reminds me of the recent podcast we did with Kristen Bell. She talked about anxiety. Yes. And when anxiety comes up, can you greet it as a friend? And can you say, what are you here to show mm-hmm. me? And I do think that there is this place inside of us that is very afraid of anxiety, of anger, of depression. I know for myself, you know, I've had many a moment laying in my bathtub crying and and texting you or calling you and saying, I'm just so afraid I'm going to be overwhelmed by this. And sometimes all you'll say is, well, what what do you think it's saying? Like, can you just get quiet and say, what are you saying? What are you here for? What's baby Natalie so afraid of? And what I have found over and over is it's never something that's actually happening in the present moment. It's always a fear of a possible future, that I'm trying to avoid, or a not wanting to face or relive a very painful past that I don't feel ready to face.
1: That reminds me of the Pima Shrodin story that you tell about uh, the tigers. Yeah. Did we recently say that on the podcast?
0: I don't know if if it was like,
1: I think that might have just been me and you hanging out. I think so. Um, But Correct me, because I think you you get the story a, a little bit better than I do, but I'll paraphrase that Pima Shreden tells a story about a woman running and tigers are following her, mm-hmm. right? And the tigers like chase her off a cliff, basically. Yeah. And she's like, she goes off the cliff, but she's like holding onto a branch, like halfway down the cliff. And she looks down and there's tigers below her. Yes. So there's tigers above her, there's tigers below her, but then she looks over to the branch and there's this beautiful, gorgeous strawberry Right
0: there, Mm -hmm. right? So, and she says that's what our lives are. And she also says, and you look at the branch and there's a mouse gnawing at the (laughs) branch. (laughs) And in that moment, there's nowhere to go. And she says, So just eat the strawberry and just enjoy it and savor it and taste it. It might be the only strawberry you ever taste in your life. Yes. But you would miss it if you're just looking at the tigers or worried about the mouse.
1: Right. So that's like the opportunity of you there in the bathtub. To go, okay, well, right now, it's me and water. Mm. And the water actually feels good. Mm. Oh, and my skin feels good. Mm. And my breasts are beautiful. Right? Like,
0: and <laughs> How do you know my inner monologue? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've just seen your breasts. They're beautiful. <laughs> so, is that too much information for the podcast? Not at all. Um, but I think what taught me this was actually being a director and having producers that were so – like. Anxious and upset about the outcome of a project, right? And so, like something in the future, and being able to look back and see like the mistakes I made that now aren't working on stage, and and being like I could look to the past and see and like beat myself up because I made certain choices, or I could worry about the outcome of is it never going to get together, but like actually, right now in this moment. There's beautiful lights. There's beautiful costumes. Mm. This is kind of fun. We're mm. in a theater. We're actually playing pretend. There's something right now that I can really enjoy. And if I just stay in that feeling, not going into the past or the future, there's a, there's something here that wants to move. Mm. And in this moment is the opportunity for something to occur that can change an outcome if I stay open to the other possibilities, the ones that are present.
0: Yes. And you know what? It, it, something just came into my mind when you were talking about the, the theatrical process is I think of this this circumstance of a, like, opening night and everyone's waiting for the reviews to come out. And it's this feeling of if the review is bad, everyone wants to look for someone to blame. Yeah. And if the review is good, everyone wants to look for the person to take credit for it. Right. So it's kind of like this interesting thing. If we think about our emotions Uh of what if when I have an emotion come up, no matter what it is, I don't blame anyone else in my life for causing it. I don't blame myself for having it. And I also don't take credit for it because it's not mine. Mm. What I am is the one who's just in the room with it, right? In the same way you're in the room for the creative process and you just get to be a part of something. So whatever emotion is coming up, Oh, here's anger. I get to be a part of that and see what's here and watch it. Like I'm watching a movie or a play or actors on their feet, trying something, or if there's joy here, I get to watch that. But It's not attached to me personally, so I don't have to make myself wrong or right for it. I'm just watching. Because that's only the ego getting stronger, right? Right. The identification. Right. So when the ego identifies
1: with the story of who's wrong or who's right, that's the ego getting stronger as opposed to serving the spirit, which is just the one that observes. It reminds me of that Jim Carrey quote that I told you about of, I used to be a guy walking through the world, observing the universe. And now I realize I am the universe, the world who is watching the life of this guy.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Not that so much. And that takes a lot of pressure off, by the way.
0: Right. Right. Because if you can't get it right, you also can't get it wrong it's not your job. You're just here on the playground and you're just watching. Oh, I, I prefer this game on the playground. Yeah. Oh, I like the swings that Betty better than the monkey bars. Okay, cool. Oh, I fell, I, you know, I got sand in my eye. Okay, cool. Like you're just watching this whole experience and every experience is moving you closer and closer and closer to you knowing yourself. That's right. And
1: one of the things that Jim Carrey said in this talk that I loved was, This is just a play in form. We are just playing in form. So if we can keep coming back to what the name of our podcast is, Let's Play, let's just play in this world of form and experiment with things without taking them personally.
0: Right, right. And it's really about we have the power to create any narrative we want and we have the power to not create one. And so sometimes... The act of just creating space is the most powerful creation. Yes. So we don't have to create a story that is good. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to create a story that is bad. We don't have to create a story at all because we can just be the space by which creation enters.
1: You and I were talking earlier today about how Eckhart Tolle was talking about how he loves Starbucks.
0: (laughs) Oh, nothing brought us more joy. I mean, as we sit here doing this podcast with you, eating our spring rolls and drinking our red wine, there there was this part when Eckhart Tolle was talking on his podcast about, I like going to Starbucks. I like having a glass of wine once in a while. And we were like, thank God. Yes. Right. And and he goes, a lot of people would want to tell me I'm
1: wrong because of that. Okay, just enjoy it. Just enjoy so, it. Like, it's there's not, no story about there's it. There's no narrative. And there's this Ram Dass quote that I pulled that really, I mean, Ram Dass does it to me in a special oh, yeah. way. It says, facing your lows, your anger, loneliness, greed, fears, depression, and conflicts is the most productive fire of purification you can find. As your connection with spirit deepens, you might even choose to seek out those things that bring your attachments to the surface so that you might confront them and free your awareness from them. Mm. When he says free your awareness from them, he's talking about creating space around them, Mm -hmm. like letting go of
0: the narrative around them. Mm -hmm. Ah, It's so... Don't you just wish that, like, you and I and Ramdas and Osho were on some Ugh, commune naked and yes. living our dreams? I mean, I know. <laughs> and I digress, but that just brings me joy, and I'm just creating space around the idea in I the afterlife. That, I know <laughs> that
1: Ramdas would swing both ways. I mean, his preference was men, but sometimes, I mean,
0: like, you I know. just feel
1: like it could have been a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Totally off topic. One of my favorite Ram Dass stories is he said in the beginning, like when he first started to like kind of get fancy for being a spiritual teacher, like it was really tempting to him because people would come up and be like, I just feel so close to you. I feel like we should be intimate. And he'd be like, "Uh, come up to my shrine and let me show you pictures of my
0: guru. I mean, that's one way to do it. That's one way to do it. We all have a way. Um, Um, One thing that I was thinking about in when we, when there's ever something in our emotional body that we want to repress, I think the leading question is to say, in the same way, if I'm feeling something, I want to make it someone else's fault mm-hmm. or say someone else caused this. In the same way, then let me say to this feeling, what inside of me is having an issue with the feeling? Because the feeling is pure. But let me ask myself, what inside of me is afraid of this? Because if this feeling is coming up and it's coming up hard and strong, then there's a miracle of movement happening in my life. And what in me doesn't feel ready, doesn't feel capable, thinks it's too much, thinks it's too messy, thinks I can't uh, do it. Mm. What is it in me that's so afraid of this powerful force of nature that is moving through me And if I can get out of the way of that, then something can happen that is bigger than me. And then I can know myself as something bigger than I currently know myself as. And isn't that always the calling to know ourselves as something bigger? Osho has this great quote. He says, anger is beautiful. Sex is beautiful. Now, beautiful things can go ugly, but that depends on you. If you condemn it, it becomes ugly. If you transform it, it becomes divine. Anger transformed becomes compassion because the energy is the same. A Buddha is compassionate. From where does his compassion come from? It is the same energy that was moving with anger. The same energy is transformed into compassion. From where does love come from? A Buddha is loving. Jesus is love. The same energy that moves into sex becomes love. So remember, if you condemn a natural phenomenon, it becomes poisonous and it destroys you. It becomes destructive and suicidal. Yet if you transform it, it becomes divine. Mm. So the message
1: is... Let us not condemn anything, but let us bring the energy of love to everything, which is also the energy of movement, which is also the energy of creation. Mm-hmm. And that space, that loving, non-judgmental space around whatever is occurring inside of us or outside of us, that space allows us to get bigger, and it allows everything to transcend into what. It wants to truly be, what spirit wants to do.
0: And in the same way Jim Carrey was talking about being the man watching the universe and then seeing himself as the universe watching the man, I, I fervently believe that the universe is for us and loving and the consciousness that we would identify as the universe, we could call it the source of love, we could call it cosmic consciousness, the seed of the soul, God, divine That energy and presence is us. There is no separation. And its desire is to know us as it. It is for us to know our infinite, limitless nature. It is for us to know ourselves as unconditional love, as powerful creators that can do and create and be anything that we want. And the only way that we can know ourselves as that is dropping our judgment of that which we think we are so we can become what we really are. Okay. (laughs) Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. So it's about if I find myself or if you're listening and you find yourself crying in the bathtub under the weight of something that feels too big inside an anger that feels like it's burning so hot that you don't know how to move past it. If you find yourself in so much joy and elation, and you feel scared to share it, you feel like people will be jealous or not supportive of you, or you just feel like it's not okay, wherever you find yourself, can you seek yourself with the ultimate compassion I'm so proud of you for being so brave. I'm so proud of you for being so full. I'm so proud of you for experiencing life and humanity with so much courage. I'm so proud of you that you are willing to come to this thing called earth and go all the way in. I am so proud of you that you are able to be here with yourself in an effort to get to know yourself. And in that space of compassion... I think that's the space where there's an ultimate, unconditional self-love that gets to grow. And once you have love for yourself, you can have nothing but love for the rest of the world. Right. And in that way, everything
1: becomes an invitation to play and to play the way that the
0: cosmos does. Limitless. Limitless. Unending. All love.
1: Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel like we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing their dream on the planet.
0: And if you liked this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing or who we are, our pop-up classes, or online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com.
1: And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you can go to the Create Community page. That's C, period R, period E, period A, period
0: T, period E, period Community. And if you loved this podcast, why not share it with a friend?